welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Once again, our show is on the air through the generosity and support of Ron Rubin Winery. Ron Rubin specializes in Russian River Valley Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, wines that to me truly capture the essence of the region. Check out their website at ronrubinwinery.com. Welcome to Episode 175. Today our guest is one of the Wine Road OGs. She's been around and worked at Wine Road since the very beginning. She's a wine marketing maven. She's a writer and one of the reasons we have these deeply researched articles on our Wine Road blog. And I like to think of her as an international woman of mystery, Rebecca Jamalis. <laughs> Welcome, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, an international woman of mystery. I love it. Yes. So Rebecca has done more for uh, me working along the wine road than probably anyone I've ever worked with. If I have a question, uh, I can't figure out the answer. I know who to call. I know who will have the answer. It'll be Rebecca every time. <laughs> and we do have an amazing blog uh, that we've been, uh, and I say we, not me, <laughs> but that uh, the Wine Road has produced for years, and Rebecca is the author. And uh, the breadth of your knowledge is mind-blowing. Well, thanks, Beth. I, I really love what I do, and I love being able to share details about this business with other people. And there's so much that's inside my brain that sometimes I think, oh, if I can't get it out to anybody else, what's the point of having it in there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the stuff in my brain is best not let out. <laughs> but uh, Rebecca's a master. She deeply researches, but then she has a narrative tone that makes it so enjoyable. I, I just love your articles because I learn so much. Thanks, But Marcy. it's not like, you know, cut and dry. It, you really bring it to life. I, I think that Generations uh, series you did was just amazing. That's one love, of my favorite. I love doing that. I loved finding out more about what's beneath the surface. And that's really what I want to do all the time with every blog that I do is give an inside, in-depth look behind the curtain. Because the wine industry is, you don't really see it most of the time. You get a sense of it. And part of what I do as my living is to help people hone those stories that need to be told. And now I think with all the changes of the world, people have sort of stopped focusing on their stories. So I'm hoping the blog can renew people's interest in stories of other wineries and wineries to renew their stories of themselves. Yeah, so Rebecca, uh, besides working with the Wine Road, actually has a lot of winery clients that she works with and helps them, like you said, with their website and tasting notes and different things. And I think that oftentimes wineries feel like no one cares about. Like, they don't care how we started the winery. They don't care who's, you know, the family members. But that's exactly what people want to know about. I mean, you can find a million bottles of great wine, but if you connect with the person who makes that wine, then it's it's just that much more important to you. It's a phenomenal thing to take people wine tasting, which I do on occasion, right. and I take them to wine road wineries, and it's so cool to get somebody like Bill Frick behind oh, yeah. the bar. <laughs> I was just at Bill's winery three weekends ago, and the information that he gave those people changed their lives, literally, because they didn't, they didn't understand the depth of what goes on, and he's a one-man band. Right. So he can talk about everything. And I, I love being able to share that in the blog. I love being able to share that on websites that I write, just anywhere that I can where I can get people to see this is still um, an agricultural industry. These are farmers. Right. And that's what I came from. I came from a family farm in northern Minnesota. So I feel like I'm sort of 
living out the legacy without having to do the hard labor. And also, you're able to interpret their stories and bring them to life in a way that you can't tell your own story with that exactly. level of narrative. And so on a website, it's like, oh, well, you know, I 1942, I started a farm. But the storytelling aspect that you're able to bring to it, that is a gift. And that's what people, that's the engaging part. It's making that story come to life. None of us can write about ourselves. Right. I, I cannot, <laughs> cannot <laughs> write about true. myself. I can be so excited and engaged in somebody else's story. But my own story I find very boring. And I think that's what everybody does. You live in your story so you don't see it. Now, that might you might be the exception, Marcy. Well, I'm a narcissist at heart. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm just so in love with You're, myself. Yeah, I read, started reading Marcy's book and I like I couldn't put it down. It was amazing. <laughs> well, some of us have more interesting lives than others, and Marcy's one of those. Others. It was an eye opener. I'm like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, <laughs> I was once told, um, you know, oh, you always have great stories, and then I heard someone say, great stories happen to people who can tell them. Yes. So that's ah. a very interesting way to put it. It's like we all have a great story. It's just sometimes it's hard to articulate or make it engaging without, you know, someone just getting the Salmonex, you know. Yeah, that's exactly right. But you right. have that gift. You're oh, thank really you. amazing. You do have that gift. We sit down at the wine road and we brainstorm. And there's um, Misty is another person that we work with who does a lot of the social media for the wine road. And Marcy and I will sit down with Rebecca and we'll, we'll kind of brainstorm some topics for the blog posts that we want to do. So what are we going to do in January? And what are you doing in February? And we come up with just a... a broad brush idea of what these topics should be. And then every month when Rebecca actually writes it, I personally am so excited to read it. I always write back to her and tell her, oh my God, what a great story. Like I didn't envision <laughs> our one little funky idea to become something so amazing. I mean, you are a storyteller. Thanks. You know, it's funny you say that because I remember when I was in first grade and I learned to write, I started writing stories. And when you talk about that, I kind of had forgotten that piece of who I am because I've been busy making a living. <laughs> right. <laughs> the other thing you forgot Sometimes. to mention in our Wine Road meetings is but mostly they start with throwing out ideas. I'm like a yapping poodle. Yeah, and Mar Rebecca's just <laughs> observing the whole thing. And then when we're all done, Shocking she off. just comes up with the most succinct answer to what we should do right. and just cuts through. But she lets us be, you know, she lets me be me, which is kind of amazing. But we do get a little cray-cray. And But Rebecca's just... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, here's what we need to do, here's and the it's always the right thing. She heard it all. She listened to it all and, and distilled it down to, to the one logical idea. So I have this strange background, and not only do I come from a family farm, but I, I have a degree in um, library and information science. Oh, well, there you go. So that's my master's, and I, and I have undergraduate degree besides, but you learn how to look at things and distill information. Yes. Right. And one of my first major jobs was to parse database um, for Lockheed Missiles in Space, or databases for wow. Lockheed Missiles in Space Hidden for the library yeah. program. <laughs> so I've just, you know, I look at stuff and I can like put it into boxes in my head and then figure out how to put those boxes together so somebody else can find them again. That explains a lot to, in those meetings because it's like, what yeah. a wizard, you know, she takes all this crazy stuff it we're saying and then just puts it into like, just makes it work. And I like the way you say this crazy stuff we're saying because no, really, it's just crazy stuff you're oh. saying. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us are just sitting and Marcy's always seen. on a 
She, Marcy's always like a rocket with a million ideas. But that's kind of a very cool thing about a group. It's amazing. The group dynamic it's the best, is good. It's the best, best group. It's, I do yeah. not do that. I do not process on my feet like she does. Yeah. I have to think and plod through. So, well, she is kind of... Having her overflow. I'm a lava of useless information. Marcy but... has a million ideas in one second, and then she'll <laughs> I'll say that was good. What was it? And she'll she already has forgotten what she said. So you have to almost record the meetings with Marcy so that you get her great ideas because they they come and they go pretty quick. It's like a poodle on crack. Yeah, pretty much. Oh my gosh, I I walk somebody like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm somebody. I hope it's a dog. It's a- So how did we go from the library science to the wine industry? Well, um, that's an interesting story, (laughs) kind of personal, but I'll just give you the tip of the iceberg. I met this fellow while I was in (laughs) library school at the University of Minnesota, Minneapolis, and the school temporarily lost its accreditation. And I lost uh, my my loans and scholarships were put on hold because of that. Oh my god! Oh my gosh! So this fellow said, "Come visit me in California." So I did. I have accreditation. <laughs> wink, wink. That's a that's a new line. That's yeah. a good pickup. It's yeah. a good line for someone in library science. And the very first day I was here, which would have been December thirtieth, I arrived the 29th. He took me wine tasting at um, Sebastiani back when the Sebastianis owned it. And, you know, it was a what, That's a two, cool spot. Two million years ago or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And he thought, well, you know, he asked me what wines I'd had, and I'd had things like Blue Nun. Well, and, yeah. Um, <laughs> Blue Nun. My grandmother used to have Blue yeah. Nun. That's been a while. Boone's Farm. Yeah. yeah. Rionidi. You know, Rionidi was the real fancy one. Yeah. Boone's Farm. And High he, school. he thought I was going to just fall in love with their uh, Green Hungarian, I think it was. <laughs> he wanted me to try all these sweet whites, and I just didn't really like anything. And so the person behind the bar poured me a Barbera, and I was in love. Yeah. Wow. I felt like I came home. Right. I felt like my past life was rushing through my brain, and this is what I used to do or something. And we tried all the reds, and I was just enthralled with what flavors one could detect in a single glass of wine. And I fell in love. I mean, I just fell in love. And I actually tried to get into the wine industry at that point. Um, I ended up staying. Obviously, I didn't leave. And um, my job that I was able to get was at the junior college library, the Santa Rosa Junior College Library. I was offered a job at a winery near Healdsburg, but when they found out I only had a bicycle, <laughs> and I lived in Santa Rosa, which is a it's not gonna work twenty-mile ride. Right? Yeah, and we have tough winters then. So they declined the job, and I ended up taking another library job. And it was probably another. Gosh, close to a decade before I was able to fulfill my wine Oh, my dream. gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time. No, maybe not quite that long, but yeah. But still. I had to. I worked in the wine industry, yeah. excuse me, the library industry, and I went back to college to finish that master's degree yeah. at San Jose State, and then I worked for Lockheed Missiles in Space and Hewlett-Packard, and... Wow. We, were moved, we moved back to Sonoma County to help take care of my husband's aging parents, and I did it. I got a job in the wine industry. <laughs> well, and let's drink to that. Today. And think, oh, speaking of oh, drinking, okay, introduce let's. our wine of the day. Um, I brought this from home. Um, Ooh. Uh, it's the Pedrincelli uh, Rosé. I love Pedrincelli. And I went because they have released uh, their new rosé. has a 
beautiful new label. They've redone all their new labels. labels are beautiful. So I bought the Sauvignon Blanc and the Rosé, and the Sauvignon Blanc has the new label, but they hadn't released the new Rosé yet. I'm like, that's fine. I love this Rosé. I'm happy to finish these off so we can get the new one rolling. <laughs> and is it a Rosé of what? Zinfandel. I think it's Zinfandel. Zinfandel. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's wonderful. I actually just drank a bottle of that with a friend on Saturday, Sunday night. Yeah, it's a really nice wine. And we just reviewed their Sauvignon Blanc. Beautiful wine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that, right. In the the aroma of, of that is just amazing. You know, and what's great about Pedroncelli is they've been around over 90 years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's some history. The They're sort of the flagship Wine Road member. They are one of the founding members, absolutely. And uh, they're so involved still to this day. I mean, if there's something that I need um, from a winery, I know that I can call uh, Ed or Julie at a... Uh, out at Pedroncelli, and they will definitely always, always step up and help out, no matter what the, what what it is that I need, and um, and they're kind of on my way home. So dang, I just have to. <laughs> <laughs> I started uh, uh, not driving down the highway anymore from Healdsburg to Cloverdale. I started taking Dry Creek Road, and I thought, oh, this is yes. going to be a costly drive every night. <laughs> Like the driveway's right there. Yeah, yeah, right there. And they stay open late. I know they do. <laughs> <laughs> I should put in my request the next time I'm going to see you. Yeah. So um, so you do a lot of, besides uh, the Wine Road and working on our Along the Wine Road blog, which I encourage all the listeners, you can just Google that, Along the Wine Road. And it's a blog. It should post up. Um, we've been writing it. And when I say we again, Rebecca has been writing it for years. And the topics really vary. Uh, the multi-generational families, uh, the wineries along the wine road, I think that was a three or four-part series that was really amazing. Um, she'll also do posts on, you know, making the most of an event and uh, how to plan the perfect itinerary. And just the posts really vary. So it's definitely worth uh, following along. You can subscribe, and then once a month when it posts, you'll get a little notice in your inbox. So that's definitely worth checking out. And then you also, I know that you work with a couple of restaurants and help them uh, with their wine lists. I mean, what is, you You have a pretty vast. Uh, International woman of mystery. Yeah, there she is. That's what I said at the Bond. top of the show. James Bond. <laughs> so I, I, at this point, I work with just one wine, uh, one restaurant. I worked with them for 15 years as their consulting wine buyer. Um, and it's a, it's a fun job on one level. You get to you know, meet with a distributor representations from the wineries. Um, but it's also challenging because everybody wants their wine on the restaurant I list. can't imagine in any restaurant in Sonoma County being the person that's making the call of what wines are going to be on the list. Yeah. it's But I love it. And it's really great. It's very gratifying. Um, they just got a review recently, and um, they sent it to me so that I could see it because the person was saying how wonderful it was to go to a restaurant and find so many local wines at such reasonable prices. Yeah. And I really do strive. I mean, almost... We have it's a French restaurant, so a certain couple pages of the list are French, but almost everything else on the list is a local winery. Yeah, and we really do make that effort year in and year out. Mm-hmm. And we've evolved the restaurant lists, winery lists, so well that people now will come back and be disappointed if we haven't gotten if something. You've taken up. something, yeah. Well, it's not always take it off, but you know it's things gone. sell out. Yeah, right. And you can't yeah. get right, them anymore. Right, right. So right. Yeah. Anyway, it's that's a fun part of my job, and I work for probably eight wineries, along with working with the wine road, which keeps me hopping, do a lot of writing, do a lot of strategic planning. 
um, when they want that. <laughs> and so, like, you'll help them with their website. And the, oh, there's web, so much information yeah. on everyone's website. There should be. There should yeah. be so much information. Yeah. And I do a lot of tasting notes. Uh, tasting notes is a funny thing because uh, there was a trend, and I'm not sure where it started, but it probably was less than 10 years ago, where people felt that you shouldn't do tasting notes because you don't want to tell people what it tastes like. Oh, yeah. Right. And I talk to a lot of consumers. I help a lot of people with their trips. And they get so frustrated when they're at home and they look at websites and they have no idea what the wine tastes like. Right. And they want to buy more. They visited that rest, that winery and now, oh, my gosh, I can't figure out what I tried because it has no notes. Right. I, um, and so much is done online now. I think that's probably more important than ever to really be descriptive. Yeah. Yeah, it's sometimes amazing the paucity of information on a website. Like I do tasting notes as well, and I'll go to, you know, check on, you know, maybe different aspects of it, and there's nothing. Yeah. You know, sometimes the wine isn't even on the site. Right. And that's even more it's frustrating. Like, oh, okay. So, I mean, I know people, they're small wineries, they're busy doing what they have to do to get that wine in the bottle. And they need help. They need someone like you or they need to have a smart marketer that can help them present the best picture to the first. Usually that's the first time someone's going to connect with them is on their website. I think it's great. So we talked about the blog for a minute. but We should talk about Marcy actually contributes to the blog. She writes the varietal of the month and she writes tasting notes on these wines that are wonderful wines. So I look at that and I go, oh, I wonder if they're just going to copy this and put this on their website because they should because they don't have any tasting <laughs> notes on their website. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Did we license our notes? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's negotiable. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure some of my notes are a little out there. so But they're fun. I mean, they give people a sense. I mean, I write the tasting notes from the winemaker's perspective. So it's more of a technical where you have more of a, you can have your flair. Yes. I mean, there is, there's definitely codified notes. There's a certain way to talk about wine. That's a protocol. I don't do protocols. (laughs) (laughs) Really? There's an understatement. It smells like Count Chocula. It's like, I just bring in every, you know, weird There's our warm puppy reference. breath. <laughs> yeah. But I have fun with it because that's what I feel when I'm drinking the wine, when I'm tasting the wine. I get a lot of sense memory that's not necessarily, you know, it's a medium bright, you know, with this plus acidity. I would not do good as a, you know, in a psalm test because it's it's too rigid for me. And I think a lot of consumers need just something to... You need to an, plant the seed an to an bring up point. a memory. Yeah. But there is a big difference between the kind of notes I wrote and then the, like true tasting notes. No. They're, yeah. and I they're think hard to do. They're hard to do. And I think that's why so many places, wineries, restaurants, whatever, no longer do them. Because you have to sit there and think. And it, I, you probably do the same thing. I always taste a wine for a minimum of two to three days. Yeah, same here. And I recently did a rosé that I had to do for five days because it had just been released and it wasn't quite ready to be released. And it really changes. I think you're not giving a wine its full uh, due if you just taste and take notes. Right. I mean, and I take notes at each stage of the way, but it is a, it, they change so radically mm-hmm. that you really have to give them their chance and then, you know, get the, all the aspects of what that wine's going to present. And, and I find that my... The customers that I work for, the, the wineries that I work for, they're always in awe. They go, how did you taste all those things in the wine? And I go, well, 
it doesn't happen by magic. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lot of work. It's I think people think, oh, you know, it tastes fine. But it, the level of concentration and mm-hmm. how you really have to think about it and just and then try to make it like I feel for a consumer, I need to be make it entertaining and make it feel inclusive to them. Yeah. And so it's not as easy as it looks. And it's isolating. You're, you're home alone drinking, you know, <laughs> tasting. tasting. I, I did that last night. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> and what did you write? <laughs> just, just me and my puppy. <laughs> it's time for our Fast Five. Who do we have on the line now? It's uh, Tian Lorden from Hartford Family Winery. Hey, Tian. Oh, wonderful to hear from you. What's your Fast Five recipe? My fast five today, this, this is an interesting one for you guys. It's called a Breibroiki. This is from South Africa. Awesome. Where I'm from, yes. So it's essentially uh, a grilled sandwich, I guess. Okay. Oh, sounds good already. So you're five. <laughs> yes, it does. We're getting hungry. <laughs> yes. your, five, your five ingredients uh, would be the bread. Yes. You know, I think uh, sourdough is great, okay. but you can really use anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, chutney. Chutney. Tomato cheese and onions slice it all up put it on the bread and then you I, ideally you have a fire and you let it burn out and then you put this on oh my gosh a, a, a grill mm-hmm. a grid out yes, on, on a the grill. and you cook yeah. it on the co- on the coals so yeah. it gets toasty and the cheese melts inside and uh and that's it and then you 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 know Cook some sausage or some steaks uh, uh, to go alongside it. Have a salad or Do something. Do you press the sandwich a you, bit? You you press it a little bit. You you put it on the grill, and then when you're going to turn it, you give it a good squeeze press, right? so it can stay yes. together, and then you flip it. So you need cooler temperature coals yeah, or cool or coals, or right. your barbecue yeah. you can right. even do it in your oven too if it's too cold outside. You do it in your oven. So the coals Keep, is like a camping item. I know we we. Love to make a fire and then uh, burn it down yeah. and cook on the coals in South yeah. Africa. We do it a few times a week. So yeah. this is one of our staples. Um, and then you just, but then, and then when you get this down, you can get creative with this recipe and you right. can start adding all kinds of stuff. Right. So this is it. like your base, base this camp. Is it. This is the traditional, yes. And does it have, do the ingredients have uh, South African uh, names or how would you, I mean, is there a different? If I, not specifically. I mean, I could translate them to Afrikaans, which is my yes. native language. So you would have tomati, tomati, which I guess you guys can guess. I'm guessing that's, that's the, yeah. the tomato. Tomato, I'm yes. Go out on a limb, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> then the onion would be ei. Ei. And kas. You could guess the kas. That's the cheese. Oh, the cheese. Oh, yeah, because yes. kasa. Yes. Okay. And chutney. You know, we mostly just call chutney chutney. Chutney. But it's, oh, it's blood young. Blood young. Young. And is it a particular chutney? Like there's mango chutney. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Flavors. What is what chutney? Because to chutney? me, most of the time we use a peach. Oh, chutney. peach. That wow. sounds that would fantastic. Be yeah. So you, but you could try with the other chutneys too. And yeah. so when we can't find chutney here, we use like a, a peach jam or mm, an yeah. apricot jam mm. or something as well. That sounds delicious. So my daughter does the fire pit in her backyard probably twice a week. She lives on the East Coast, but at home. I mean, she has a fire pit all the time. She'll love this, and she's a vegetarian. Do it, yes. <laughs> so there you go. She'll be excited about this, and I know she's an avid listener. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. And Tian, what wine would you drink with this? I would, I would have a Pinot Noir. Uh, I think, I think a bigger Pinot Noir, since you're going to have some 
some meat with this, hopefully, as well. well and no, you're going to have, you know, have just the sandwich. To me, the sandwich you just is just have great. the sandwich yeah. on its own. Yes. 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 And, and that's the great thing about Pinot Noir is it goes with almost everything. Yeah. Uh, but I think if you had like a Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir that has a little bit more of that spice mm-hmm. and the earthiness in there, right. it, it'll be, it'll be yeah. great. Sounds be delicious. perfect. Great. Well, this we'll put a... this in recipe in our show notes. We'll put the ingredients. I might have to spell it for you. I was going to say, are you going to put all those ingredients? uh, I want to see this. And I will email you for the spelling. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it sounds great. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. Take care. Bye-bye. I can see why most, a lot of wineries don't always have those tasting notes because it's a lot of time and energy to put that on there. It, it is, but I think they're missing out on a sales opportunity. Yeah. Well, these days, more than ever. Yeah. I mean, I think that at yeah. one point, but now people are doing more and more online and, and with COVID, you train them to go to your website yeah. and you train them to just buy online and I and and they can't all come here from, you know, wherever in the country on a regular basis, so they're going to go to your website and that information does need to be there. I write a lot of copy for emails and also for social media that then links to a winery right. website. And I think, okay, what am I going to link to here? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it has to link somewhere. We're, we're talking about your new Malbec, but you have no tasting notes on your new Malbec. Right. And so I can't write about it in any depth. So, yeah, I mean, we as a industry have to take care of the people who love us, and that the, we have to tell them what they want to know. Mm-hmm. Not what we think they want to know, but what they want yeah, to know. Yeah, what they want to know. Yeah. I, and I think um, just like telling the story – uh, how people don't want to necessarily tell their own story and nobody cares, but um, people do care. And that's why our podcast, I think, has also been successful. We bring in so many winemakers and winery owners and just talk to them about what motivates them and what do they love. And that's what connects people to their winery then. Yeah. <laughs> it, not that you had some amazing Chardonnay, because there's a lot of amazing Chardonnay. It's it's your story. That's right. what, And that's what you get cards and letters about. Yeah. People saying, oh, I just really love that story. And then they make plans to come and mm-hmm. visit them. When I'm trying to help somebody plan a trip, and the first thing I do is ask them what they like to drink, and then I go to the Wine Road website, to that killer database, and I put in the varietals, and I see everybody who makes those wines, and then I look at go, okay, so who is going to be able to enthuse these people? Yeah, it's going to be interesting and fun. Right, and and I I want these folks to fall in love with Sonoma County, to fall in love with Sonoma County as much as I'm in love with Sonoma County. So I don't want to send them somewhere that they're just going to get poured wine and no one's going to tell them the stories. Right. No yeah. one's going to talk to them. Um, you, um, I know you have friends from all over the country that come and want to go wine tasting, and you know you're their first call. Like, help me make <laughs> so. So what is what would you be? Uh, uh, what What do you think are some tips for planning a perfect trip? If somebody comes and they have one day, you know, what would you tell them to to figure that out? You know, I just wrote a blog on this, and I would really tell them to go to the Wine Road website because it's this tool. I'm all about online tools because whenever I travel, that's the first thing I do. And I recently went to a – not recently because it was pre-COVID, but I went to (laughs) a – Those two years don't count. (laughs) Yeah, those – yes. So I went to a different region, and and I was just frustrated trying to find just an online map. Yeah. You know, or can you mail me a map? That's really difficult. Um, and, you know, those are tools that are available at WineRoad.com. Right. It's just a great resource. It's amazing resource. But going there and looking at going to the database where you click on wineries and this database window pops up and you can search by 
um, varietal or blends. You can search by region. So if you just want to be in Healdsburg, you can search that. You can search by amenities. So if you want to make sure that you can take your dog, you can search by pet friendly. And the first thing I do after I find out what people want. Because, you know, there's so many options in Sonoma County. You don't want to send them to a place that specializes in Chardonnay and Cabernet when they like Pinot or Zinfandel. Right. And I think that's what people don't really understand is that wineries specialize. There are a few wineries. Petroncelli is a great example where they make almost every varietal that's popular in the county and then a few more. Um, But a lot of wineries just specialize. Mm -hmm. You know, if they only make – if they only specialize in Zinfandel and Petit Syrah and you want to drink Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay, (laughs) you got to know that before you make your plan. So. I do spend, I just helped some people who are coming from North Carolina in June. You know, I probably spent four hours back and forth with this wow. woman. It takes time. It takes a long time to plan an itinerary. And they're spending, spending a week. Well, and for me, I always feel like uh, if people email us, I want to make sure that we really help them so that it's such an amazing trip. They're already planning their next trip. You right. know, they want to come back. I, I don't want them to come and think, well, this was, you know, not all that I hoped it would be and I'm not coming back. I want it to be amazing. I think that. For me, it's like I want to instill that passion in every person that gets off a plane or walks out of their car yeah. door that this is this is the Disneyland for wine world. The Disneyland for wine world. It's the t- <laughs> tilted world of wine. There you go. Oh, that's even better. That's, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not good. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Anything else that we need to, to talk about or? I love talking to you too, but you know, there's only so many hours in the day. You know, we, gotta, we have to look at all kinds of things. I don't know. The one thing I want to just really say is how much I enjoy being a part of the wine world and especially part of the wine road because we can influence people's lives and make them better. And I think one of the things that's really happened in the wine industry is because we had to be by appointment only during the COVID years. People started to uh, disappear. You know, they didn't want to make an appointment. And I, for one, get frustrated sometimes when I wake up on Saturday or Sunday and go, let's just go to one winery. And then I thought, oh, I'll have to make an appointment. But that's not true anymore. And, you know, we we know that lots and lots of wineries are welcoming walk-ins. And I really want people to hear that, that you can go to the Wine Road website. And there's a lot of information about – there's a special page, isn't there, Beth? Or, there's a page. Right now it's right on the homepage. It says walk-ins welcome. Yeah. There's about 60 now. Wow. So if you can't find something you love out of 60 wineries, then I don't know. It's yeah. Kind of a problem. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a really important thing for people to know is that we're here. We welcome you to come. It's a great place to visit. We just talked about wineries, but, you know, on your other podcast, you talked about all the cool things you can do in Sonoma County, all the wonderful restaurants. I mean, there's just Everything. endless things to do here. So if you want to plan a vacation and you live here, you just take a day off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. Okay. I think the only other thing that I want to mention that people should, when they're on the website exploring things, they could also check out uh, the link to the Wine Road Insider. Um, because uh, that is a like a club, and uh, you would get two-for-one tastings, 
for the year at about 20 wineries and 10% off wine purchases for the year and a 10% discount on our big annual events and 50% off on our seminar series. So um, becoming a Wine Road Insider is really um, makes sense whether you're a local and you go tasting on a regular basis or if you're going to come out here one time only for you know a few days. It's, it pays off both ways. So check out the Wine Road Insider and then you should subscribe to our Along the Wine Road blog. Yes. And because now you've just heard the author. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Authors. Mass plural. Check yeah. out Rebecca's great posts on the blog. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I love it every time. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool for me. Thanks for coming, Rebecca. Thanks for it's fun us. to have you here in the studio. It's yeah. fun to see you guys. Yeah. We don't get together as much as we used to. I know. I know. Zoom just isn't the same. Zoom it's isn't not. The same. It's not. It's harder to know my kinetic energy on Zoom. Oh, no, that comes through. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. We got it. We got that, it at the last meeting. There are no bounds to that. <laughs> that Turn we the know. volume down. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much, Rebecca. Really great show. And yeah. we'll see you on the wine road. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.